Where have we been? We are most certainly back tonight. Supercoach 365 podcast. It's been a while. We're feeling a little bit rusty. So, look, we just got to pick the tools back up. We may not be at 100% tonight, but it doesn't matter because we are back. Ryan and Tommy here with you. Tommy, it's been about three weeks or thereabouts. Closer to four, probably. How have you been, mate? What have we been up to? Tell us. What have we been doing? G'day, Ryan. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, probably unexpected break, I guess. So I was over in Fiji for a little bit. Uh, you were moving apartments, moving house, which is obviously a massive task. And then I also got a little dog recently, so it's just been hard to find the time. But we've still been watching all the footy and keeping up with everything, and it's finally time to impart our wisdom again, I guess. Well, for those watching on the YouTube, cheers to being back. I've just cracked a nice cold one with... Uh... The Dolphins Stubby Holder, a little addition to the new place. Um, look, yeah, you're right. It has been a busy uh, three or four weeks or so, but um, we are back. So uh, apologies from the top for everyone who's been hanging on our every word, which hasn't been too many. Maybe Tommy's mum and anyone else who's a regular listener, Blake's Brushworks perhaps. But uh, we are back. So we, look, we have missed a, a lot of time and obviously footy has started. So the posi- positional previews as we started a, a couple of weeks back, I'll probably put those uh, on hold, but that doesn't mean we're not going to dive down into uh, who's obviously caught our eye between uh, now and then, and uh, obviously before uh, round one as well. Yes, and how good it was to have footy back last week, Tommy, and we're going to get into all of the trial uh, week one recap, but just off the top, mate, to have uh, the game back on the screen. Yeah, absolutely, and it was uh, it was jam-packed, nine games spread across four days, so it was you could really settle in like a normal round of footy. Uh, some of the games were a tougher watch than others, to be honest. But the All Stars match was really good, I thought. And then I also enjoyed the the Dolphins seeing them go around for the first time. All right, hold your thoughts on the uh, trial week one for now. We're going to get back into that. Let's just start off with a bit of news though, because there has been plenty of news floating around uh, before and after the weekend's footy. Look, we heard from the Melbourne Storm. Uh, was it the last day and a half or so that uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, obviously we've heard his name there in the intro as well, but we won't be hearing his name for some time. He's confirmed out for at least six to eight weeks, but you and I and uh, plenty of others think maybe even longer than that. Yeah, well, I, I know it's only sort of broken this news in the past week, but I feel like even a month ago there was, I'm pretty sure the club had sort of indicated he won't be back for round one and there's a good chance he'll be missing for a decent chunk of the season. So, I think a lot of super coach players are already aware of that and not many were selecting him from the start. He's definitely going to be, I guess, a watch and act as the season goes on. Yeah, and obviously uh, plenty of people uh, will have their draft weekends very soon. So that's probably the story of this year's draft, isn't it? Uh, where do you take Ryan Pappenhausen? Because he probably, I mean, I say probably, he definitely would have been the top two pick if not for this injury. But uh, yeah, there's going to be value. It's just... Up to the uh, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and so is value in this in that case. Well, it's interesting because a player like Pappenhausen, as you and I know, and everyone probably was, uh, listening and watching knows, he mm. can win you a game of draft of a super coach, even in classic in head to head sense on any given day with the, the ceiling he has. But how long are you willing to wait and uh, and sort of just watch a marquee player get scores of zero every week? So okay. it is a it's a balancing act. We may give some draft thoughts this time next week. We might just hang that over. Uh, we'll get through this weekend, see who's injured and who pulls up all right, and we'll give some draft thoughts. There are some draft listeners out there, and we love the game of draft. We probably prefer it to classic, to be honest, but uh, we do uh, focus more classic here. Um, speaking of classic and, and players who starred last year, 
Jeremiah Nanai. Now, what a boost this is for the Cowboys. There would have been plenty of others sniffing around him. I know the Dragons most certainly were. I was hoping the Dolphins were, but he's knocked back all other comers, and he's going to stick around with the Cowboys until at least the end of 2027. So that's a massive signing for them. Yeah, arguably arguably the biggest find of last season. Um, probably this time last year, he was like a smoky in Supercoach terms. He might get a start that year, he might not. He ended mm. up being obviously awesome on Supercoach with his try-scoring prowess, and his whole game developed as the season went on. So that's a great signing for Cowboys. And it just looks like they're, they're building something special up there. Um, bit off-topic, but I don't know if, if anyone liked golf and you watch uh, the Players Club, I think it's called, with Chad Townsend and all the yeah. Cowboys boys. That just shows how tight of a bond they have up there. And it just looks like a really good club at the moment, I think. Yeah, it's awesome. They're in a good spot. And friend of the show, Chad Townsend, uh, no doubt uh, playing plenty of golf over the off-season and some others there as well. they got a, a great little connection up there. Um, unfortunate news, though, on a, a sour uh, note uh, to come out of the weekend's footy, a couple of injuries um, as much as there was good. But Reese Walsh and Xavier Savage, two of those bigger names um, that would have probably been super coach relevant, again, maybe more in draft. But I think it's a fractured face or an eye socket for Walsh and uh, what looks like a broken jaw for Xavier Savage. So two electric number ones. They're going to be sitting out this weekend and, and more weeks to come after that. Yeah, and two fullbacks, I guess. They're not top-of-the-line fullbacks in a super coach sense, but they were ones that could have been possibly pods in classic and someone to look at in draft it just makes it tricky now tricky for the Raiders also just from a personal point of view I don't think we have any other fullbacks at the club so not sure what we'll do there and Walsh was looking good the other night before getting injured also we'll get into how the Raiders plan to solve that fullback conundrum this weekend very soon we're going to go through trial week two game by game and and obviously look the results we're probably not going to care too much about the results this week but performances and most certainly Supercoach Output will be focusing on that. Before we get into that, uh, a couple of things, a bit of housekeeping, uh, as you will. Those listening on the podcast, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple, or wherever else you can find this, um, why not head over to YouTube? You can find us there. Just search at Supercoach365 if you are already there. While you're here, why not drop us a couple of thoughts along the way in the comments section. Uh, Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications as well. That way when we... uh, Post a little bit more irregularly in the weeks to come. You won't miss a thing. Before, again, mate, there's plenty of news. A lot's happened in the last three or four weeks since we've been here. Uh, Top Sport, uh, proud partners of the show. The previous two seasons, they are back. Tristan couldn't say no. I was just badgering him. I just didn't let him get away. Uh, Top Sport, they are back for season 2023. And it's, uh, look, we're very thankful that they're jumping on board again. It makes it a little bit easier to uh, turn up and do this every single week. Um, so if you are having a bet this NRL season, why not do it with Top Sport? They support us. Um, and if you sign up with the code SCOACH365, I've been told on good word from Tristan uh, that he will take care of you. Read into that what you will gamble responsibly as well, all of that. But Tommy, how good to have Tristan and the team back for another year there. They just couldn't say no. Absolutely no. Key parts of the show, they have been obviously for this is the third season now, so it's great to have them back. And I'm sure during the year will be on their website during our podcast, looking at our best bets and uh, quoting their odds. So it's good to have them back. Yeah, I've also said, um, you know, big sponsorship news for Tristan this week, obviously us. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of a footy club called the Gold Coast Titans. Um, they're actually uh, renewed their sponsorship with them as well. So two landmark deals for Tristan this week. And he'll be happy uh, to have, um, to be able to say he's partnered with uh, a couple of um, 
footy enthusiasts in us and the Titans. Okay, I think that's uh, just about uh, all of that taken care of. Now, let's get into this. Now, before we do talk uh, trials, I just wanted to try something new tonight. We have usually, uh, throughout the regular season, we do our good, bad, and ugly. Trialing this, yay or nay, quite simple concept. Yes or no, do you like it, do you hate it, or are you somewhere in between? No fence sitting. Now, you uh, do have a nickname of Splinters because you do like to sit on the fence, Tommy, but uh, you won't be sitting on the fence tonight. The preseason challenge, this is to kick us off. Yay or nay, preseason challenge. Do you like the idea of it, the concept? 12 points for a win, 6 points for a draw, bonus points for tries, line breaks, etc., and 100K prize money to turn up for two weeks and play good footy. Do you like it? Yay or nay? Nay. Um, that might sound like uh, the Grinch at Christmas, but I just it's too confusing uh, I just for the average punter. Uh, even myself, I haven't really looked into it too much, but w- what does it even mean, all these points? I don't think 100k prize money means anything to the clubs, does it really? The minimum wage for a player is 120. So I just don't think it's really any incentive to do anything different in the trials. Would you prefer to have the nines back? I, I, I know it's sort of a different concept entirely. We don't get to see combinations. It's it's a different code of footy, if you will. But yeah. in terms of that entertainment and eyes on TV, and obviously we mentioned top sport there and... This commercial buy-in to the game, would you prefer to see the nines than a half-assed trial, particularly last week? Yeah, last week was a bit of a tough watch, like I said earlier, but the nines would be great from an entertainment point of view, but it's just probably it's probably not as practical for the clubs. I'm sure the clubs love having two weeks of proper 17-on-17 17 17 trials where they can just get their players up to speed. Nines is probably a bit disruptive, so I do understand why they don't go, in that, go down that path anymore. Yeah, just to clear some things up and a bit of a, a misconception, a rumor, or a lack of information, if you will. I keep seeing the social media that, oh, the winners of the, the uh, preseason challenge are getting the same amount of coin as the minor premiers. Well, no, it is a fair sum in comparison, but it's not quite the same. The minor premiers uh, payday has gone up to 200000 So I think it used to be 100000 That still in itself is an insult. You know, two weeks of it, trial footy. Yeah. I don't think 200K is enough for the minor premiers and it's not going to stop, you know, teams at the end of the year if, if they're first or second and it doesn't matter if, if they could, sorry, win the game to come first in that last round, they'll still rest players. You know what I mean? 200K isn't going to be an incentive yeah. to really try to win that last round, uh, last game of the round. So, yeah, I don't know. It should be worth more. You play 24 games a year. It should be worth more than that. Okay, yay or nay? I'm saying nay as well to that. I love having footy on in February, but uh, nay to that i think we can do it better is what i'll say all right yay on a number two the bunker relaxing grounding decisions to allow the ball to uh, in quotes rotate from the hand before contacting the ground now we saw this a couple of times last week i think there was two tries given in, in trial week one that probably wouldn't have been given last season i'm thinking the broncos and potentially the sharks uh games and they were the beneficiaries of that the rotating ball from the hand when scoring a try yay or nay I'm going to say yay, particularly because their main reasoning for it was that the new interpretation will allow further clarity for officials when adjudicating. And I think we need that. We need it to be more black and white. We can't have too much uh, subjectivity in the box where we don't know what they're going to come up with. It's just got to be black and white. So I'm for it, I think. Yeah, I'm going to say nay. Again, I'm, I'm two from two with the nays here, so... You said that you're the Grinch. I don't know what that makes me. But in, in saying that, 
I think it. I don't think it clears it up. I think it makes it more confusing because tries suddenly that were previously knock-ons now they're tries. I don't know from a from an anytime try scorer perspective, I would be more happy to see plenty of tries. But um, I'm going to say no. Well, no, good to good to differ there. That's why I said I think I say yeah because they're saying it's going to allow further clarity, but it's the NRL. Let's see what happens because I can see it becoming a mess as per usual. Yeah, things that have been a knock-on since 1908 may now be given tries. Okay, let's finish on this. Yay or nay, number three, the third of three. Appy Coruscant has been named captain of the West Tigers. Now, you can't spell captain without Appy, but he made a, a joke of the West Tigers. Uh, I know he was blind after that grand final win, but how do you make this guy captain? Yeah, it's a hard one. I'm almost sitting on the fence, but I won't. I'm going to say yay. I know that sounds weird because I was I was first of all I was really against this. Yeah. But then obviously Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall must have seen something around the club at training. Perhaps he is worthy of it. And my main reason for saying A also is that he's been around a lot of success the past, you know, five to ten years. Yeah. The West Tigers need someone like that at the moment because all their players have barely ever played finals. So maybe just having someone who has experienced success is good in that leadership role. Yeah, okay, look, I'm going to say yay as well, purely for the fact that I'm looking at their best 17 here via NRL.com. I don't think anyone else in that in that 17 or even the 24 that they're trotting out this week, correct me if I'm wrong, someone in the comment section, I don't think anyone else has won a premiership. So if you're looking for someone to give you guidance as to what it takes to go from not playing finals 40, even just to make the top eight, and then potentially do anything after that, he could be the guy. Look, that'll, the, the postseason antics at Penrith, that'll be quickly forgotten if he gets his team back to the finals. So I'm going to say yay. I can't I can't go three from three with the nays. And Appy, you know, if he leads them to four and two after six weeks, suddenly he's the man. So I'm going to say yay for that. I thought we would probably see Adam Dewey become captain this year, perhaps. Yeah. I thought he was like the captain in waiting. But I, get, I, I agree with you. You know, that success that Appy has had, it's hard to argue with. Yeah. You and I both love Dewey. I think, I don't know, he may not be just a great role model. Like, he's a great footy player, but two different things, maybe being a great captain and being uh, the star of the show. Anyway, um, hold that thought. We're going to come back to that when we talk about the Melbourne Storm later. But let's talk about trial week one. Let's uh, recap. Maybe we've broken this down by three columns. Who starred, who flopped, and who left you wanting more, or who perhaps changed your mind? Someone that when we caught up a month ago, we thought absolutely yes or absolutely no, and maybe you flipped. Kick us off with who starred for you last weekend. Yeah, I thought Reid Marnie was the pick of the bunch. Um, I think a month ago when we did our last show, I kind of talked him up as a as an option at hooker, and I think the other day he, he put his best foot forward. Um, I'm excited to see how he goes without sort of the controlling halves of Moses and Brown and Gutho around him. Yeah. He might have a bit more of a license this year to, to set up the attack and run the ball and whatnot. So I really liked the signs the other day. Yeah, he's just got that deft pass at the line. I think we saw it two or three times. Not only that short ball, but what about that long ball, that big cutout to Ockenbohr who got it back to Supercoach uh uh, favorite son at the moment, Paul Alamotti. So, yeah, he can play short, he can play long. We've seen him hit Junior Bolo and uh, Papali'i Madison took close to the line before. This year it's going to be kick out, um, probably at times RFM. And I can't, who, who's going to get that right edge role? Irrespective, they're going to score tries when Marnie's hitting them short and flat. 
Definitely. And I, like I said, he's always had that that motor and that ability to have a good base stats and tackles and whatnot. But I think he might get more of a license to be creative this year. Okay, we'll look forward to that and obviously get a chance to see that again this week and uh, before round one when the Bulldogs obviously take on Manly. For mine, uh, I'm going with Jermaine Hopgood and Reese Walsh. I couldn't split them. Two performances and probably, look... We come to expect that from Walsh at moments, sort of those highlight moments, but it was the way that he just did things that no one else in that field could last Sunday night against the Titans. Um, and for Hopgood, it was just, this is what we wanted to see from a super coach perspective. Um, plenty of tackles, plenty of hit-ups, couple of offloads, tackle busts, etc., etc. He's going to score points. He's going to score plenty of them this year and named it 13 again this week in the second trial. That just spells mm. super coach gold. Yeah, that is a very good sign. I know you've been pretty hot on him all off-season. I, I didn't see the Eels play too much, so I can't really comment on him, but good signs that he played well and that his name this week. Reese Walsh, as I said at the top, he was awesome um, on Sunday night. As long as he doesn't overplay his hand too much for the Broncos, I'm sure he's going to be a great player this year. Yep. Okay, who flopped for you, Tommy? Without being too negative, but you know, obviously you've got to call a spade a spade. Well, we spent the whole of 2022 bagging out the Knights, and I'm going to start 23 doing the same thing. Um, they named a really good forward pack, almost their first great forward pack on Friday night against the Sharkies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was very uninspiring. Uh, my only excuse for them is that maybe the Sharks, being a young side on the night, really just wanted to put their best foot forward to try and audition for an NRL spot. And the Knights are kind of, they already know they're getting to play round one. But still, I don't know. I wanted to see a lot more from people like the Saifidi brothers. They've played Origin, but you rarely see those performances anymore. Yeah, and even if they were a little bit complacent or a little bit thinking, oh, we'll just save a little bit in the tank for the Eels next Friday night, still not a great attitude to have. Um, And probably says more about where they are heading into the new season. Yes, we bagged them a whole heap last year. I think that they can improve this year, as silly as that sounds, because they have lost their best player, I thought, from last season, David Clemmer. They get Hastings, he, he'll be better. And I think, Is he there this week? I, I'm, we'll get to it next game when we talk about it, but he'll make a world of difference as well. Yeah, I think I love their back line, and their forwards on paper look good, but I don't know, the other night was a bad sign. Hopefully they turn it around this week. All right, for mine, uh, I mentioned how good Hopgood was, but it was the rest of the Eels who, I, who I've bundled together as who flopped. Again, it may be harsh to throw that on one team, but they probably were just the, the team of the weekend who I expected more from, who didn't deliver. Um, Josh Hodgson, I think, had moments where he looked good, and unfortunately for him, uh, that intercept pass at the end there to Thomas Jenkins to pretty much seal the game. But in saying that, they'll bounce back, but they were the one team who I was just hoping and, and wishing to see a little bit more from last week who I didn't get it from. Yeah, I think there'll be a particularly big watch on Hodgson this week. Um, it was his first game for a year the other day, but he's still, you know, he's 33. It'll be interesting to see if he's just finished, to be honest, or if it's just, you know, rustiness coming back. But hopefully he can come back uh, this week and prove the doubt is wrong. Someone who did certainly prove the doubt is wrong, the knockers, the naysayers, those who sort of were happy to look from afar, Nico Hines. We spoke about him the whole year last year here on the podcast. You know, First, we were shocked. We were happy to lay him. Again, we said the same thing three weeks ago. We are happy to, oh, no, 900K, it's too much. Suddenly, that looks cheap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we're not going to do a team reveal tonight, but I reckon it might have changed some teams, uh, his performance the other day. 
Yeah. Very, very eye-catching. I know it's only a trial, but it's the All-Stars game is more than a trial. You know, they're all trying really hard out there, and he was just a class above them on Saturday. It was it was a great performance. Nico Hines for mine. Yeah, he left. He certainly changed my mind. And as you say, there's no team revealed tonight. We're going to save that probably. We'll give you some ideas this time next week after the second trial and most certainly before round one. Uh, we'll hold that over. But what changed your mind, Tommy? I can see here what it is. I, I, just tell me. Come on, lay it into me thick and fast. <laughs> the Dolphins, mate. I was impressed with their performance, especially their defense. Um, now, I know the Cowboys didn't name an overly strong team, so perhaps – we're reading into it a little bit too much, but the amount of ball the Cowboys had on the line, the, the Dolphins really, they stayed strong. And I think they're going to have to have a, a resolved defense this year to do anything because they're probably not the hottest attacking team on paper, but they're going to have that Wayne better edge to them, that toughness. I think they've just got to play like that all season. What impressed me most was, look, you're right, there was hardly any NRL talent out there for the Cowboys, but... You know, while it's easy to, to, to knock the Dolphins, they were without the Hammer, um, Sauce, JMK. Uh, they obviously had Milford there, but no Tom Gilbert. So plenty of names there. Jesse Bromwich, oh yeah, Kenny, Kafusi, pretty much, you know, most of their starting 13. There was that 10-minute period just after half time where they were down to 12 men. Milford was Sinbin. They didn't concede. They went up the other end, and then they started scoring points. For mine, that's what I wanted to see. That resolute, tough defense. You know, accept your um, what your challenges, and then go out and, and do better off it. So for mine, the Dolphins, yeah, really impressed and probably deserve to win if not for that last second try. Yeah, I think in that sort of trial, all you want to see is good attitude, and they definitely showed that. So they might not have the best quality on paper this year, to be honest. But if the attitude's like that, you know, they won't be getting the spoon or anything like that. Okay, uh, let's get into trial week two. Uh, we'll kick it off here. Friday night footy, the first of two games uh, on Friday night up here at Gosford. The Knights and the Eels kick us off. Look, two teams have just bagged out there, so fitting that they go together uh, to kick us off in week two. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, one of them can improve a little bit because it was pretty dim viewing last week, but really like the Knights' back line here, and I think they'll run out like this in round one. Miller, Mazu, Gagai Best, Young, Ponga, Hastings. I think that's pretty good. Uh, seven good individual players. Hopefully they can all put it together uh, together in the same team. Six good ones. Um, Lockie Miller, not, not the one I'm talking about there, but he's the one that plenty are going to be watching this week, aren't they? Because there was a lot, a lot of hype uh, about him in the back end of 2022. Obviously dual position eligible to start this year. Center wing fullback. Tackle bus are plenty, but he comes at a price tag. He does. Um, yeah, you're right. Like he's, how many games did he play last year for the Sharks? Was it? Oh, I, I remember his first game. He played. He got a big score, didn't he, against the Gold Coast? That's all I can really remember about him. But he he seems like a player that is built for Super Coach. But you're right. He's not a rock bottom price. Margio, I like. I think he could be a pod center wing option. About 500k, maybe just slightly over. Go and look at his tackle busts, his offloads. Obviously, has that try potential in him as well. Left winger, I do like that. Some other ones I'll be watching this week. Jaden Braley, I've got him here down as maybe the forgotten man at hooker. We said this uh, before our little hiatus for three and a half weeks, that he was someone that we were keen to see come back. And his combination with Sofidi, it wasn't anywhere near uh, where it can get to. Um, I'm looking for that this weekend. 
Yeah, I, I like Braley. I just think he's safe. I don't know if he has a great ceiling sort of thing. You know what you'll get with him. But if you're yeah. looking for massive scores at nine, I'm probably going to go elsewhere. Okay. Uh, agree. Uh, another one here for the Knights before we move on to the Eels. Adam Elliott. There's been plenty of hype and hysteria around him mm. as well. We didn't see him in trial one, so good to see him here and see what he can uh, offer up here. Uh, where is he? He's coming off the bench, so probably comes off the bench and plays through the middle. Yeah, I'd like to think that he gets that third end roll in round one instead of Kurt Mann. Uh, but either way, I think Elliott, yeah, he, he'll be good for the Knights and a little smoky on Supercoach as well. We mentioned Josh Hodgson already. He's mixed bag versus the Panthers. Uh, probably the closest watch for mine this week is uh, Matt Dury. Now, he was on that right edge, and obviously that's a vacant uh, edge at the moment. He's going to probably fight it out with Jack Murchie and Ryan Madison, although there's word that Madison's probably going to keep coming off the bench in that role he had back in the last year. So Dury and Murchie, uh, we will see both of them here. Murchie, Jersey 15, Dury gets the start, and Dury involved in that try uh, for Zach Sini last week as well. So has a bit about him. Yeah, not someone I'd even thought of until this week, really, but it is interesting to see him name there. And like you said, I, I've heard also Madison, Madison will be off the bench when he comes back as well. Just looking at their back line, um, Sini, Russell, and Lumi Lumi. Who, are we expecting all of them to play round one? I know they're missing Marcus Sivo. Yeah. Who else are they missing there? Wonga Blake. Well, I think Blake so, and Simonson are both injured. So, Simonson. yeah, another one here, Sean Russell, named on the wing, played fullback last week when Clint Gutherson wasn't there. I think he's about 330K on Supercoach from memory. Uh, he could do a job. He could do a job. He scored a hat-trick on, uh, from his only game last year. You also have Hayes Dunster, who will be somewhere around there, because I know he was going to be starting last year before he did his, I think his ACL uh, or something in the trial match. Yeah. So I don't know where he is, but he might be in the mix as well. So they've got heaps of options, heaps of cheap options. The Eels, uh, from an NRL point of view, I don't know if they're the strongest backline ever, but Supercoach, definitely relevant. Yeah. Look, we're not going to give a tip tonight. Uh, too early in the week. Anything can change again. Probably not uh, after results this week. More performances. Uh, speaking of performances, it was sort of a game of two halves for the Roosters last week. Uh, then the next game here against Manly, again, the, the second of the two games at Gosford on Friday night. If we went through their ins list, we may as well just read out the 1-17 to because there's just a whole heap of stars coming back. Uh, still no Joey Manu. I think he had that facial fracture uh, training a fortnight ago. So Corey Allen gets a start here at right centre, as it looks. Joseph Suwali'i to the left centre role. He's going to be popular on Supercoach Suwali'i, particularly now he's gone to the favoured left side of the Roosters. But is that a good thing for him in the centres there? I'd, I'd almost prefer him on right wing where you know he's going to be a target in the air and on the end of that Sam Walker floating pass. Yeah, there's more chances for try opportunities on the wing. I, I agree with you there. It depends. I don't know. I, I haven't really seen him as a centre before. Is he damaging Boron? I probably is. He's a massive body. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Paulo is into the side. He's a former South player. So I think, will he get the wing spot the entire season as well? I guess he will. Yeah, he's going to be try. Have off the rank anyway. I think yeah. he'll be there round one. I think he'll be there. Yeah. And for what it's so worth, just yeah. quickly, I, I drilled this out in the preseason. I was going to save it for our center wing preview. We never got to it, but I may as well tell you now while we're talking about Jackson Paulo. So the first two weeks, this is a bit of a deep dive. First two weeks, Roosters have the Dolphins and the Warriors. Mm. Now, his opposite number there would be 
you think Edric Lee and potentially uh, Montoya or Ed Cossey. Montoya and, uh, sorry, rather, uh, Lee and Cossey. This is a bit of a, a cool story, bro. But Lee and Cossey had the most, I think they were in the top three both for missed tackles by left wingers last year. And both were in the top five for errors by left wingers. So make of that what you will. But um, uh, what's his name? Jackson Paulo, anytime try score around one. You could get on that now, I reckon, and it would be a safe bet. Very deep dive, but it's it's relevant. Uh, the Roosters, just in general, just going a more basic approach to your stats there, they've got a very easy start to the year. So I feel like a lot of these players are going to be in super coach teams and they'll be high property. Uh, just looking at Manly, Kaya Weeks is the name that jumps off the page for me. I, I think Tom Trevojevic has confirmed he will be there round one. But uh, I know Anthony Seabold confirmed also that if Trevojevic is out, Weeks is their next fullback. They're not going to be playing Garrick there, I don't think. Okay. So he's one he's one to probably keep in your side somewhere, perhaps weeks. Yeah, he was always a six or a seven coming through that junior rep system at Manly. So I haven't seen a lot of him at fullback. I think he made his debut last year. He may have even scored a try on debut. So he's definitely a talent, much like Luke Metcalf, a half through the junior grades who sort of found that more running role at the back. Uh, what else have we got here? Brandon Smith, sorry, just to jump back to the Roosters, 51% owned. He, he's the most popular Rooster from any position uh, by Supercoach standards. What are your thoughts on Brandon at nine? I'm, I'm almost happy to go against him, given what I saw last week. I'll be laying, definitely. Um, I don't think you'll be getting 80 minutes. Jake Turpin will be on the bench. Just can't see him getting the minutes. And in the past, unless he's been scoring tries, he hasn't been scoring that well. So... I'm going around him. I don't think 51%. I'm happy to be in the 49. Yeah, it's, it's almost so. It's like, is it more risk to lay him than it is to have him? At 470-odd K, I think it is. I'm with you. I, I actually was unimpressed. I know he had a try assist. I don't think the Roosters style, not for at least 10 weeks. We saw this when Cooper Cronk went up there. It took them 10 weeks to really gel with uh, Cronk in their spine. Different commodity, Brandon Smith even, but... I think it could take him two months to sort of get into their system and to really start to figure. And he's playing a different position. I know he's also always wanted to be a nine, but he's played lock for the past five years for Storm. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be an interesting watch, but I'm definitely against at the start of the year. Okay, very quickly back to Manly. Uh, Kelma Tuolangi obviously gets that spot. Uh, we think it's going to be left edge with Hamole Olakawatu on his preferred right side. Uh, Kelma Tuolangi, he was the ultimate super coach cocktease last year. Just when you thought he was about to break out, again, he just pumped out a score of 40. I think he finished with his season average of 41. His last two scores to end the season were exactly 41. But there was moments there where he, he promised to go big. I think he had a three-week period where he went 60, 60, 80. And if he's uh, you know playing on that left side, Schuster, short ball at the line, you know that threat of turbo out the back, he could be in for a big year. We may get yeah. a glimpse this uh, week. Yeah, I love it. Um, I think before we went on our break, I, I had him in my team. Um, I don't know if he's still there. I've done a bit of chopping and changing, but I, I'm keen on him. I, I love where he's going to be on the field, if in fact that's where he is. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people have Schuster as well. So if you can get Schuster into a long, you've got that little one-two punch for the combination. Yeah, again, very quickly, re Schuster. I think if you're having him in your team, he has to be at 2RF. I, I don't think... You can have him at 5 eighth. although I've seen a couple of questions in our listeners' uh, talking points about that exact uh, 
point, we may save that over till then. Uh, that rounds us out on Friday evening, just the two games and an, an afternoon start, an earlier kickoff here on Saturday afternoon. In fact, they may have moved this back slightly earlier by the, uh, sorry, they moved it back for the heat, I think, to accommodate for the Panthers and the Broncos in hotter conditions. But this one at Mudgee, the Dragons and the Rabbitohs. Souths have won nine of the past 10 Charity Shield games, but guess what, Tommy? The one they lost was last year. So Dragons actually come into this game with a little bit of winning form in Charity Shield footy. Yeah, I'm not sure how much either team probably cares about that, to be honest. Uh, right, mate. Is this, I feel like this... No, just I wasn't trying to kill wicket, mate. <laughs> no, I just mean that I feel like this fixture when I was little, it was bigger than it is now. You know what I mean? It used to you're be a big little. deal. Hey? I said you're I'm still, still little. little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, nah, look, anyway... Uh, Looking at this South team first, because I just think it's a lot more attractive for super coaches than Dragons mm-hmm. is. Two names that stand out to me on the in the back line, Tass again, and then Isaac Thompson looks like he's going to get a, a whole year to be have the crack at the wing spot. So definitely looking at those two first and foremost in the back line. Yeah, the only threat to Thompson would be Tane Milne, who I think... He's suspended mm, he's because he went mad yeah. in that semi against the Roosters. But in saying that, he, I don't know how he mustn't have been able to serve his ban at the World Cup because he did play for Fiji, I think it was, at the World Cup. He played as a 13. So, like, that shows you his versatility. Um, not that they probably lack there. They obviously have Kier Murray at 13. But it shows you if they do need to move uh, Milne into the second row, Isaac Thompson, a ready made replacement. Just the two games last year, both on the right wing for Souths. Scored two tries, uh, one each in both of those appearances, and finished with an average Supercoach score of 64. So when the Trolls firing, when Souths are firing, Isaac Thompson at $336,000, that price could quickly rise. Yeah, I don't think, with all respect to Tane Mill, he's probably not a, a first-grade winger, really. Mm. He's more of a utility anywhere on the field from 1 to 13. So I think if Thompson does anything, he'll keep his spot. Uh this, the forward pack is full strength. Uh, I don't know this year with South, just quickly on their, their long-term prospects. Do you think they're just, I don't know, there's nothing new about them this year? Do you think they just do more of the same and be successful? They might get a little bit bored. No, I get you. I, I, I take your point there. Um, another year older in key positions as well, Cody Walker, Damian Cook. Obviously, Latrell is their man. If he's not there, they can't win the comp. Um, we've seen that in, in recent seasons anyway. So, that, again, they'd be top six at worst, probably Souths. Um, two two things for me that also caught my eye, the jersey number 14 and 15, Blake Taff and Peter Mamazelis. Now, this probably could be a showdown here to see who gets that utility role for round one. Um, obviously, the departure of Cody Nicarima sort of opens up that spot for one of them to make their own. And what is the impact that has on Damian Cook? If it's Blake Taff, it's probably minimal. But if it's Mamazuelis, who they decide to carry in 14, then wow, that, that could spell dramas for Damian Cook. Yeah, 100%. That's a, that's a great point. Uh, if it is Mamazuelis, you'd have to think Cook isn't playing 80. And then he's almost a no-go at the price. So yeah, yeah. big watch there. Uh, Dragons, anything really standing out? I think last year we often said there's not many Supercoach relevant players for the Saints. And... I'm probably feeling similar going into this year. Maybe Tyrell Sloan, perhaps, yeah. as a cheapy, getting the start at fullback. But, yeah, I'm not too enthused. Sloan, obviously, the massive watch. 
Um, he's going to be popular if he comes out and, and has a great game this week. And his combination with Ben Hunt, I think there's potential there for him to show what he's long uh, been credited with, that superstar sort of power that uh, many have, have said that they have seen the promise at least. Uh, another one, Ben murdoch Masilla. I think he looks every chance to lock down that left-edge role uh, since Tarek Sims has gone. Uh, had a trisis for Lomax last week as well. So shows you he can do something. 234k dual position, second row, front rower. He looks good for mine. Who comes into 5-8 in round one or round two? Because they have the buy round one. Well, do you think Empire will get that spot? I thought Bud Sullivan was being touted as getting the six. Jack Bird, where does he come back into the team? Yeah. I think there's a few questions still to be answered with the Saints. It's probably more concerning that I, when I actually looked at this and I saw Mbai was at six, I thought Sullivan must still be injured. Sullivan's there in fourteen, so yeah, yeah, that is a that is a worry. I wouldn't be. I mean, in saying that, it wouldn't shock me if come you know three twenty when the team lists are named on Saturday afternoon, Sullivan is in five eighth and Mbai's off the bench. I, just, I don't know, just a bit of mind games perhaps, but Sullivan yeah. would be my six. I'd have Jack Bird at thirteen, but. He's been okay on an edge the last couple of years, so I'm not sure where he, he will be. I know you've had him in Supercoach a little bit the past few seasons. Yeah. I think he's got something which others don't, and that's like that tackle bust offload from middle forward. It's it's rare. He's actually ranks better than Cam Murray on a couple of those stats as well. Obviously not every stat, but on some of those tackle bust and offload stats, if you do your own research, which I encourage everyone does, um, <laughs> you will find that out. Let's leave that game there. The Probably the main game on Saturday evening, even though it's sort of the meat in the sandwich here, is the Panthers and Saints of St. Helens. We're not even going to mention St. Helens because we couldn't give a fuck. That mean, they, they will be you know back to north of England in a couple of weeks. We'll never think of them probably for another 12 months. Let's focus on Penrith here. 6.50 p.m. kickoff. This one, as we say, was pushed back because of the heat. They're going to be running hot on, on Saturday night. They'll win this game by 30. And I'd be shocked if they didn't. They're, they're pretty much got their full-strength team here, Bard, Dylan Edwards, and maybe Scott Sorensen. They're ready to go. Yeah, they're very strong. Uh, Liam Munn's probably the only other one that I can't see. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Very strong side. Um, Taylor May gets to play this game, but then we'll miss the first couple of games through suspension. So we get to see Taruva in the centres, but I think he'll be winger come round one. Uh, up front, Luke Garner and Zach Hosking, the two back rowers. I think Luke Garner will get the spot where Kikau was on the left. Well, I'd yep. say that he'll be leading the race anyway. And uh, Hosking, he's from Brisbane, I think. He, he was decent in a couple of performances last year. Yeah, he's actually younger Hosking than I thought he was. He's only about 25. He looks 35. Um, but Garner, 28% owned. That would suggest to me that Supercoach thinks he will be Kikau 2.0. Um, so let's see how he, how he goes with uh, the combination with Jerome Luai on that left side this week. Like you say there, uh, Taruva playing right centre this week, as he did last week. Uh, had a try assist last week. Looked pretty handy. Um, $275,000 only available at fullback. So that's a real deterrent for mine. I want to put this question to you. If he was to get upgraded this week after this game to be dual fullback center wing, knowing he's going to have two games, not three, but two games without Taylor May there, would you still pick him as your sixth or seventh center wing option, hoping that, you know, come around origin time or if there's injury, he will, he will get that price rise? Would you pick him if you could get him at center wing? 
I'd consider it. I mean, I he's really someone I haven't looked at too much. I have to be honest. I, ask me that question in seven days' time. I am keen to see him go around, so yeah. I'm not too sure. Um, just quickly, one more on the Panthers. Mitch Kenny gets the start at nine, obviously. There's no Sonny Luke anywhere. Uh, Jack Cogger's in 14. I didn't know it was at Panthers, so <laughs> I don't know what that means for the rotation going forward. I'd say Sonny Luke will still get a go at some stage on the bench. Yeah, maybe they just feel like they don't need him. Anyway, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, two very quick ones before we move on. I think Penrith, it's worth spending a little bit extra time on them because I went through my team today as it is, and I was like, I don't have any Panthers players. Actually, I had one, Nathan Cleary. 56% on Nathan Cleary. They're the two-time premiers back-to-back, uh, three consecutive grand finals, and I can only find space for one of them. Is that a concern? Yeah. Like, no, I don't think so. NRL isn't one on Super Coach. Um, yeah. You know, like what Cooper Cronk was one of the best players ever, and he was terrible at Super Coach. So, yep. look, uh, there's not many. I think because May and Tayo were so popular last year, their prices are just gone this year. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think I only have Cleary as well. Fifty-six percent on Nathan Cleary. There's that. There's that debate. You know, Cleary or Hines or Cleary and Hines. Uh, Hines and Tanner Boyd, uh, Hines and Isaiah Katoa, potentially, if you think he's going to get that start. Is Cleary a must? Like, are we declaring him now? He has that round, what is it, round three by, I think it is, or round four. It's very early, round three. Can you go without him for two and a half, three weeks, get him round four? Or is it just just get him and stop thinking about it? I don't know. <laughs> Let's do our team reveal next week or whatever, because I still don't know either. It's, it's a tough question. Okay. Um, Brian Toa, let's talk about him next week as well. 19% owned as it is at the moment, $624,000. Uh, we'll see how he fares Saturday night. He could be in for a big night down there at Panthers Stadium. Uh, last game on Saturday, rounding us out. This one, 8.55 p.m. Sydney time or 7.55 p.m. local time. Sunshine Coast Stadium, home of the Dolphins. But the Broncos, they'll call it home on Saturday night. Uh, a bit of a shake-up here to their back five, obviously, with Reese Walsh out. It means Cobbo coming back from All-Stars duty. Uh, he goes to fullback, um, looking to do his uh, coach, Kevin Walters, proud. And uh, Jesse Arthurs, now he wins the race to jersey number five ahead of Dean Mariner. Uh, for me, that says Mariner isn't quite considered, um, which I'm... A sh- which I'm I'm sh- uh, what's the what am I trying to get at? I'm I'm not happy that that's the case because I would have had Mariner probably as a cheapy option, two hundred and forty-seven thousand. I would have liked to have him there in my center wing slots, hoping that he gets a start eventually. Yeah, I think he got the start the other night, didn't he? And he scored a try yeah. or two. Um, so yeah, no, he would have been a watch as a cheapy for sure. Selwyn Cobbo, I think he, obviously he's a great talent. I don't know. If he's a fullback, I think Chad Townsend and Tommy Dinner will be putting up some bombs and he could be a bit suspect under them, to be honest. Um, Jock Madden, halfback. Is Adam Reynolds expected to be background one or is he injured yeah, again? Uh, no, I think he'll be there. I think he's just yeah, okay. saving him up. So that's pretty much a useless point about Jock Madden. Um, <laughs> Billy Walters, is not. Corey Pakes. I don't know. Their four-pack is awesome. I still worry a little bit about their hooker situation, uh, but pretty good team name this week. Yes. Um, let's just go back to their centers. I know you speak about how good their forwards are, but the likes of uh, Katoni Staggs, we mentioned at length this time last year, we probably have gone quiet on him 
and so has the whole Supercoach community, really. A little bit of love I've seen for Herbie Farnworth, but Katoni, are we feeling that this could be the year where he finally pays off? I don't know. I feel like we had this conversation this time last year. Uh, we thought this was going to be the year, and then it really wasn't. You know, he has the occasional really good game on Supercoach. I think he played well in the NRL, but it yeah. just doesn't always translate with him uh, to scores. So I think Herbie Farnworth, his game and his involvement seems to translate better to Supercoach. So, yeah, I'd probably have Farnworth above Stags going into the year. Yeah, I heard on another podcast uh, during the week, the weekly rubdown, they're doing great things over there. They mainly focus on drafts, but, geez, the production levels have gone to a new level uh, in season 2023. And Natty and Walker, go check them out. Weekly rubdown. Once you're done here, go over there. They said they produced his stat. I think it was something like when Ezra Mayer made his debut, every game that Ezra and Herbie played together, Herbie averaged 80 points. Now, it was only like two or three games, but it shows you the influence of Mayer down that left side, what that does for Herbie Farnworth. So... Massive, uh, massive uh, watch this weekend, how those two link up, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. And I, I just think Farnworth, he seems like a like a Joey Manu type. He's so keen to get the ball. Yeah. And that's what you want in Supercoach. You want to see your players just looking for it and, and racking up the points. So definitely keen on him this year. Uh, Cowboys, I think they've named their best 17, really, or at least their best 13. I don't think they're missing anyone at first glance. Looks a pretty hot side. Why the fuck is Jake Granville in Jersey 14? <laughs> I'm sick of this guy. Honestly, get him up to the Blackhawks, captain coach, give him a lump sum payment, get him away from Reese Robson. I'm sick of this guy. They don't need him. Yeah, that is concerning. Uh, yeah, I know. That's bad for Robson minutes, possibly, because where else is Granville coming on? I know he played fullback one time a couple of years ago, which was very strange, but he's not going to be playing fullback this year. So... Yeah, that, that is alarm bells for Robson owners, possibly. Yeah, and I'm one of them. And I just saw this. I, I, I wrote here on in the uh, that we do some dot points so we don't lose our train of thought. I said, Cowboys looking close to full strength. They've only named 23 this week. In fact, it could even be 20. They've only named 20 this week. So that shows you um, they're yeah. taking this serious. This is a real game for them. Um, and then I got to Jersey 14, and I'm like, hold on. Excuse me, you were finished seven years ago. Why are you still here? And looking, you know, like you said there, they've only got three reserves named. And maybe Ben Hampton could be a 14, but really it's Jake Granville's spot to lose, um, which is disappointing again for Robson. Because I think Robson's great as a hooker. If he was playing 80 minutes, he's probably, you know, in that cook echelon of hooker. But if he's not playing 80, well, then it's hard to have at the price. Okay, let's leave that there. I I can only mention that guy's name so many times without uh, going mad. Okay, Sunday afternoon footy to kick us off. Now, there's four games on Sunday. How good is this? And another game across the Dutch for our uh, friends over there in New Zealand. The first-placed Warriors up against the 14th-placed Melbourne Storm in the preseason challenge. How good is it <laughs> to say that? Uh, the Warriors... Big win last week over the West Tigers. Deservedly first, they're, they're in the box seat to win 100K if they can get this right. Uh, CNK fullback, Tamare Martin 6, SJ 7, WE in 9, obviously Wade Egan. I just think I better give him a bit of an, an ac- acronym uh, like the other ones there. Um, Metcalf, game of his life last week, thereabouts in his cast. He's in jersey number 20, so doesn't even get a look in. 
he just can't get a start anywhere, can he? Um, he always looks good when he gets a, a glimpse of first grade or, or a yeah. trial, but just I, I I sort of expected him not to get a start just because they have pretty strong players in each position, maybe 14, but then Dylan Walker has been good at 14 the past few years, so I guess he just misses out. Um, I think Chance will be interesting, though. He's not really a game-breaker. He's more of just a solid fullback. So if they are losing, maybe, um, maybe Metcalf will come in at fullback at some stage during the year. Would the Raiders like to have Chance back for the next 10 weeks? Yeah, well, isn't it ironic almost? Just, yeah, it's very disappointing. Um, but, yeah, move on. <laughs> Braden Willie Army, 234K, dual position, only 2% owned, gets another start here in the centres. Um, super coach output last week wasn't amazing, but if he's consistently getting a run in this team at that price and you can play him at yeah, CTW or 2RF, 2% own. I think that number will lift come round one. So I'm just someone that I just picked out of this team list and, and I'm excited to see how he goes this week. Um, should be running at Remus Smith, who by Craig Bellamy's own admission last week has been a little bit underdone. He hasn't done the full preseason, so he gets a good chance here, Willie Army, to, to prove himself against, uh, I think Remus Smith is another Kiwi. So little uh, return home for, for Remus. I thought we might see Viliami Valea in the centres this week instead of Viliami or instead of Pompey. Yeah. But because uh, Viliami Valea, he was good last week, uh, and he's kind of got a boom around him from what I've heard. Mm. He played a bit last. He was in everyone's Supercoach's team as a as a one seventy five k cheapy, not doing a lot to be honest. But I thought he was going to get a start in this game. So interesting that he's in the reserves. Uh, let's have a look at Melbourne. I think, unless you got any more things for the Warriors. No, just one more on the Warriors. Jackson Ford. Uh, Telegraph put up the approximate Supercoach scores from round one. 58 points per game. Well, 58 points in that game against the West Tigers last week. $281,000. And he's able to hold out Josh Curran this week for that starting role. So just yeah. someone to keep an eye on this week. Uh, Jackson Ford. Let's see how if he can back it up. Yeah, no, that is a good point. And Barnett playing in front row, he's traditionally been a back row or a lock, so it does free up a spot there in, in the Warriors back row. Okay, uh, on to Melbourne. No Justin Olam, broken arm, gone for six weeks. And the bad news for super coaches, that doesn't even mean that Jack Howarth gets a run. I said this six weeks ago. I said, <laughs> I was happy to lay Howarth. No, I'm going to call it because I, you know, I don't get many rights. So when I do, I will say it. I said he was listed as a center wing. Uh, sorry, a center on the Storm profile. Still, he can't get a run, so that's worrying. It is. Uh, I think he was in my team just because I thought he could get a run, uh, and he's still not even. He's not even in the twenty-six na- teams uh, players named, so that is interesting. Maybe he's injured, but yeah, you're probably right. He probably just isn't getting a run. This team on paper, it's really starting to look like the big four, and then a bunch of no names almost. Um, <laughs> It's a bit worrying a week out for or two weeks out from the season, the team they're running out with. Their backs are just patched together. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a worry. I think beyond Nick Meany, I don't see anyone in that back line who I'd really look at as an option. Tonopia, Grant Anderson, Remus Smith. Will Warbrick is an interesting one. Would he be rock bottom price? Yeah, he'd be close. I don't even know if he's made his debut yet, so he'd be he'd be close. If not. Yeah. Okay. Uh one more thing. I know we mentioned this earlier about um, captains and, and Cam Munster's been named captain uh, here uh, when we were talking about Appy Corus here 
Munster, he's a natural leader, but does the captaincy help his super coach prospects? Can we make any connections here between him taking the C for Melbourne? Does it make him a better super coach player, or worse, or does it just not change his game at all? I don't think it'll change it, but I do know what you're getting at. Maybe it he's probably someone that doesn't need the stress and the added responsibility. Yeah. Um I don't know if it'll impact it. I hope it doesn't because I do own him at the moment. I'm surprised Christian Welch isn't the captain, to be honest. He seems like he's always happy to have his say on things. Mate, he fucking loves getting on Twitter, that bloke, honestly. Yeah. He loves it. He's, a, he's the next uh, Clint Newton, isn't he? The uh, RLPA representative or whatever it is. Yeah, he's preparing for life after footy. Um, Christian Welch, for what it's worth, Munster captaincy, I don't think it changes his game a whole heap. He already loves the ball in his hands in those big moments anyway. That's what you get to, to, to get from a captain. I was thinking when I wrote this today, uh, just for a, a devil's advocate sort of thing, I thought if Cam Smith wasn't the captain, would it have changed the way he played for Melbourne? And again, the answer is probably no. Like He still would have had his hands on the ball from dummy half. The game was played at his speed, and his personality would have dictated he probably would have talked to the refs anyway. So <laughs> Munster's probably just growing into that that responsibility and earning the respect of his peers, whereas at one time Larrikin, now he's the guy. So it could help his game. Yeah, and he's committed now to the Storm as well. So I think, I guess his time has come. We all spoke about him last year as uh, it was going to be his year, and it was. He was massive, and I think he can do that again this year. Okay, now we are rambling. 54 minutes here, and we've still got three games to get to, so we might want to quicken this up a little bit. Uh, the second game on Sunday, 2.55 p.m. kickoff. Uh, again, a doubleheader. This one at Belmore Sports Ground on Sunday. So good to see these suburban grounds getting their fair share of footy. The Tigers, uh, our first look here at David Clemmer and Isaiah Papali'i as West Tigers players. Uh, Alex Seyfarth. Now, he gets the right edge role, we think, while John Bateman still waits for his clearance to enter the country. Um, so that could be a watch early doors. If Bateman's still not here round one, Seyfarth looks like he may get the jump on a couple of others, particularly Sean Bloor in Jersey 16, who has been popular with super coaches in the past. So you can probably put the red pen through Sean Bloor for round one. Yeah, I thought Sean Bloor would get the spot. Uh I guess it's not set in stone that Safarth will, but it's not a great sign for Bloor owners. Um, where is John Bateman? I know he's in England, but like he's been signed for months now and he's still not here and the season starts in two weeks. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, more like probably John, the best. More like John Waitman. He's just waiting. <laughs> One of your best there, mate. That's no, terrible. not too bad. Um, the best thing I saw about the Tigers lineup for me was Stefano getting the start again in their best team by the looks of it. Uh, I had him in my team from the start of this year. You don't get any prizes for doing that, but I'm going to be keeping him in there come round one. I think he's very cheap, and he's shown in the past that he can score pretty well. Yeah, and scored a try at the weekend, gone as well. Uh, for the Raiders, Jordan Rapana, uh, back to the fullback role, where he has played some good footy before for Raiders uh, in the absence of uh, previously Chance Nipple Cook star, or at this time Xavier Savage. So watch him this weekend. Uh, Harley Smith Shield, I think this is his first game following that ACL surgery. So you've often mentioned his name here. Uh, tell us yeah. why he, why he's someone who can be super coach relevant this year. A lot of it has just been hearsay. A lot of boom out of the nation's capital for him. From what I've seen, he is. 
I sort of liken him to a Josh Mansour a little bit. I think he's going to be more of a a workhorse at the start of each set, and that's great for Supercoach. So, yeah, obviously Savage being injured isn't great, but it has opened the door for him to show what he can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Levi gets to start at nine. There's no there's no Wolford anywhere. So, interesting there. But, yeah, uh, probably other than Tarpanay, we're not looking at too many players, I guess, for Supercoach in classic sense. Tarpanay at lock, does that matter? Yeah, interesting. I don't think it'll change too much, personally. It could only help, I would imagine. But, um, yeah, no, or could it hurt if he doesn't take as many runs? I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. It is interesting change because he was so good at prop yeah, uh, okay. in the back end of last year. Watch that this weekend. That's probably one of the bigger watches of the weekend. Uh, Joey Tarpanay with 13 on his back. Does it matter? Uh, we'll find out. Sunday afternoon, uh, this one again at Belmore. The Doggies, the home side on the afternoon, uh, up against the Sharks. Uh, I've said here, this one, 5 p.m. kickoff. Alamotti looks great. He looks like everything that we've been hearing for a couple of seasons now out of Bulldogs. Yeah, he'll be there round one, left center role. Uh, in the forwards, this is what um, took my eye probably the most. Max King and TPJ uh, starting props. Luke Thompson in the 13. I said, would you find space for Thompson at 13? Given what we've seen from him in the past couple of years, when he's at his best, 512K, dual position, front row forward, second row forward, playing lock. It's it's hard to overlook. It makes you think twice. Definitely, yeah. That's a big big reveal there. I thought Ryan Sutton would get 13, uh, the new signing for the club. But they've gone with Thompson this week, so... He gets his crack at it and definitely comes into consideration. They've got a group four back on paper, don't they? Mm. If if Tavita Fangai Jr. can go to his levels, which not all that often, but if he can, you know, um, they've got a great pack. The big thing I saw, um, our little side bet, Will Reynolds play this year. Well, he's already named on the bench in their side in their best team. So Come on, Josh, get home, son. You've got to be right there, I think. He is the perfect 14 for that club because he either comes on and he brings energy, he brings impact. They don't have many guys who've been around Belmore for long. So he's one, much like Addo Carr, I know he hasn't been there in a whole heap either, but just a, a bundle of energy. They're going to need that at times this year, uh, particularly if they do run into a couple of hard weeks. Uh, young faces may turn. Uh, the Sharks, though, speaking of the Sharks, uh, plenty of young faces last week against the Knights. More of their genuine 1-17 to this week which sees Wade Graham back to the bench. Uh, he played 5'8 last week. Not only did he play 5'8 for the first time since he was about 17 years old, he <laughs> played on his um, non-preferred right side, and I thought he was probably one of the best players on the field. So I know we've sat here and knocked him at times, but he was good last week. Great little kicking game. Um, but what that means, though, this week, Teague Wilton, back to his left back row spot. He's going to be someone that uh, proves very popular with super coaches in the next fortnight. Yeah, you know how analysts often say, or I think Andrew Johns often says, he's just a footballer, which makes no sense because they all are. But Wade Graham <laughs> is just a footballer. You could give him any position and he'd do a job for you. So, yeah, good good for him. But Teague Wilton, yeah, he's the big takeout out of this. I think um, he's done well in Supercoach. Other times he started in the past. And if this is a sign of things to come, that's going to be really good. Uh, also, Cam McInnes on the bench, yeah, kind of hurts. I, I've always been a massive rap on him for super coach purposes and just in general, but I'm not going to be picking him up if he's playing off the bench. As sad as this sounds, I think Dale Finucane's probably one head knock away from almost calling it quits. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So not that I'm wishing that upon Dale. In fact, the opposite. I think he's, as much as there are young talents here around him, you know, Wilton, Nakora, Royce Hunt, Blake Braley, Finucane's the glue on that field. When he goes off, that's the only time in any, in any period of the game for the Sharks last year where I thought they can concede points here. When he's on there, he holds it together. Um, we'll watch that this weekend. A couple of other names there on the bench as well for the Sharks. Oregon Kafusi looks to have gotten the jump on young Tommy Hazelton. Uh, in terms of that second bench prop, and Hamlin Uele there as well. Nico Hines, probably the man that everyone's watching this week. They just want him to get through unscathed. Um, don't get injured, Nico, particularly those with a, a pick one or a pick two in a draft comp. They're just sitting there, crossing their fingers, toes, and anything else. They're clearing Hines get through this week without injury. Yeah, I'm almost surprised he's playing again. But I guess they do want to see him combine with his, his Sharks teammates at least once. I'd imagine he won't get any more than 40 minutes, though. Yeah, well, I'm just looking in the reserves. They do have a couple of options there in uh, particularly Braden Trindle. But Daniel Atkinson there, he can go to fullback or even you know put Wade back to six and Moylan to play that seven role. So there are options there around Nico Hines if he earns an early shower, which he probably will on Sunday afternoon. And rounding us out, the last game here, the Dolphins, the high-flying Dolphins, undefeated Dolphins. Uh, 11th on the preseason challenge ladder. That will mean nothing when they come up against the Titans this week. I'm just looking for more of the same. For the Dolphins, attitude, attention to detail, resilience, all of those key buzzwords. They get some players back this week as well. So we're going to start to see the combinations ahead of round one. Yeah, I think if they take that attitude from last week, they'll go well here. Is this the team that we're expecting in round one? As being a Dolphins fan yourself, uh, what yeah. do you think? Is this pretty they close won't. to the mark? I thought I thought we'd see Ray Stone maybe in the starting lineup, but no. Yeah, day one Dolphin. Um, Jack Bostock is the name which really shot off the page here for me. Not because of his inability. Like, he was the gun coming through Illawarra Junior Reps. He was the guy. Um He's playing wing here, tall, rangy type. Again, speak of that, the little things you want to see. Milford's kick was way too long. Like There was no right for Bostock to score that try the other night, and he did. So that's what you want. Um, is this the team for round one? I think it's pretty close. Stone's on the bench in 15. Tommy Gilbert there in 13. That's probably what we've been hearing out of the camp for most of the preseason here. For me, though, it's the first real look where you get the one, the six, the seven the 9, the 13. Um, it has me excited, so I'm looking forward to that. Just on Ray Stone, he's on the bench here. I don't think that means you should not pick him in your in your 2 RF, uh options for round 1. He is one guy, he's one injury away from being a 60-minute-plus player. You know, if it's to Jesse Bromwich, Tom Gilbert goes to prop, Stone's your lock. So he's going to be there, he's going to be playing minutes. So get him in your teams for round 1. Don't be disheartened that he's in jersey 15 this week. A big push there from Ryan for Ray Stone. He, he's a good player to watch. He, he gives it his all. So he has that going for him. Uh, the Gold Coast, pretty strong side as well. Looks like Carm Pereira. All the rumors are true, as Lizzo would say. He's going to be starting winger. Uh, I think he's rock bottom price, so he'll be very highly owned, you'd imagine. Uh, Jojo Fafido as well. I'd imagine he's pretty cheap too. So possibly some Gold Coast wingers there, although... Notoriously not the best scorer Gold Coast outside backs, but you never know. Um, Jaden Campbell in Jersey 14 interests me. I 
don't see where he gets on the field long term, really, because I don't think Brimson, mm. Foran, Boyd, Ferrell's Ferrell's could play eighty, and Campbell's not a nine, so I yeah, I don't know where he gets used. Yeah, I said that here. I said he's at his role, like fourteen. I don't think they can afford to carry him in a season at fourteen. I I don't think they can. I'd almost rather have Toby Sexton on the bench or another big body, you know, a seven or a nine. Sexton could do a job or. You know, or shift um, Tanner Boyd around, but Campbell gets a fourteen this week. Will he hold it down for round one? We'll see. Just going back, Lizzo. What's your favourite Lizzo song? Oh, where do you start? Nah, I don't have many, but I just had it in my head. All the rumors are true. She's got some good ones. Yeah, not for mine. All right, uh, yeah. let's leave that there for the uh, second week's trials games. Now, before we wrap this up. I, I don't know how I didn't mention this at the top, but if you haven't already, head on over to our Instagram at supercoach365, click on the pinned post. There's only one of them, so you can't miss it. Our overall group code, $250 cash prize, absolutely free to play. You'll find the code over there, or if you're watching us on YouTube as it is now, uh, you can see it on your screen, 749794. That number again, 749794. Uh, head on over there. Now, uh, the $250, thanks to Top Sport, of course, to be eligible to win. You just have to like the Instagram post and tag a mate who should join the group as well. So last year, I think we had it. You had to follow the page on Twitter, Facebook. We're just simplifying it this year. Go on our Instagram. If you don't have an Instagram account, I don't care. Sign up. Uh, go on your computer. You can find us there at Supercoach365. Speaking of that, plenty of founders uh, there this afternoon we've uh, put up the questions here now a couple we'll start with start at the bottom here this is our listeners talking points a couple of questions reacting to trial week one footy Andre Cupido massive friend of the show shout out to Andre massive Roosters fan he says here how many minutes does Brandon Smith play this year if he's the fittest he's ever been does he play 70 to 80 Tommy you think no I think 60 max if they have Jake Turpin on the bench uh, I mean I guess he could go to lock when Turpin comes on, maybe. But, yeah, I'd be backing in around 55-60. Have the Roosters ever, in the last 10 years, had an 80-minute hooker? Like, even Friend would come off at times for Verrills, or Orbison would go into dummy half. Like, I don't know, I'd have to do my own research on that. But I, I can't think of a time where they just had an out-and-out number nine who just pumped out 80 minutes. I don't think they will this year either. Yeah, that in mind, if he's the fittest he's ever been, I still don't think he plays 80. Like I sort of said before, I don't I don't know if I like Brandon for the first 10 weeks. Riley Milton 4. Again, massive supporter of the show. Great to have you back here, Riley. Grant or Teddy? Now, two very different names here, a hooker and a fullback, but obviously he's only got cash for one. So if he had to split hairs between the best hooker in the game or arguably the best fullback, which way are you going? I'm going Grant. I just think he's he's further above the next hookers than Teddy is mm. at fullback sort of thing. I think there's more options at fullback. I think Grant's just the elite hooker this year. Yeah, and the more I've, I've started to go off Brandon tonight and the fact I've seen Jake Granville in 14... And it may it may make you go, Harry Grant. And Mamosellos at South as well. Yeah, 
So there's some options there for this for the other for the other names. I say options, they're bad options uh, for their super coach stocks. So Grant or Teddy, you're going Harry Grant. Uh, here we go. Blake's uh, Brushworks or Blake Moore. He says here, I'm shocked at the response from NRL fans that Paps was going to be back sooner, or those that thought that Paps was, was going to be back sooner. Blake, um, look, he, he watches his footy quite closely. He's a massive Ryan Pappenhausen fan, so he's going to be disappointed that Paps won't be there for large parts of this season. Uh, he's missing at least a third of the comp. So, look, he says he's shocked. Were you shocked that he's going to miss 8 to 10, knowing what we know now? No, I'm not, but I'm disappointed because I do want to see him come back. And as we said at the top of the show sort of thing, it's it's you can't have him in classic to begin with. And at draft, I think he falls down quite a bit because he's too good of a player just to have sitting on your bench. Yeah, it's... it's uh, that's why I said at the top, the draft players, where do you take Pappenhausen? I've got pick 10 in our league. Am I going to take Paps? You know, you know how much I love him. Anyway, yeah, I think even longer. I don't think he's a first rounder, but yeah. Anyway, we'll see. We're gonna chat draft next week. We'll we'll pick up that conversation then. Kai Dawking says, "What about Cohen Hess this year, boys? I've heard he's getting an edge spot. If so, for how long? For going off what we saw of Jack Jajewski the other night, that spot maybe Cohen Hess's until he retires, or at least until Luciano Leilua is cleared in the courts, because certainly yeah. he's to lose now until everything else clears up at the Cowboys." That's the big one, uh, Leilua. Hess is named this week in Jersey 11. He'll, he'll hold out Gusevsky. Yeah, it just depends when Leilua's back, I suppose. But yeah, for now, good option. Just had me thinking there, the Cowboys forwards, geez, they run deep, don't they? Like, you still have Luciano Leilua to come back into a, a forward pack, which is already probably the best in the comp. Um, it has me thinking, futures bets, topsport.com.au. We might have to do a little 15-minute... Uh, uh, what do they call them? Special, for want of a better term. We'll do a 15-minute, 20-minute futures bet special uh, before round one. We'll hold you to that. We'll get Tristan on for a chat as well. How about that? Um, Punkin D Rublik 82 says, Trials don't really mean much, really. Uh, touch on that and then get stuck in the cheapies in mid-range players. So this is a bit of feedback how to do the podcast tonight. Probably should have read this before we went on air. I think we've done a bit of that. I think we've done a bit of that. Well, anyway. I mean- I agree with drunk in public 82. I think that's what he's trying to do there. Um, I agree that trials don't matter, the results, but these teams this week are very close to what they're going to be around one. So um, it gives you a good chance to sort of talk about all the teams. So thanks for the feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a podcast, mate? I'd be keen to listen. Um, Okay, a couple of questions here. Now, these, I'll be honest, these are from myself. Now, I put these here just so I wouldn't forget them. I had a couple of thoughts throughout the day, and I wanted to get your thoughts on them as well. Um, speaking of Cameron Munster before, and Josh Schuster, I said that as well. Would you rather this, Tommy, if you're setting up your team, if you're giving advice, Munster and Schuster at 5'8", at so you're looking about you know, just over a million dollars, or any two of Tom Dearden, Matt Burton, and Adam Dewey? It's a similar spend, but do you go Munster and Shuey or, or two of the mid-range options that could break out? Very tough. Um, I ex- I'm almost sitting on the fence, really, with it. Um, at the moment, like for me, I've gone Munster and uh, Dewey. So yeah. I've gone two real expensive options. But if I had to do one of your two, maybe I'd go Dearden and Burden. Uh, sorry, Burton and uh, 
Dewey just two right. mid ranges and save some money. I do really like Munster, but I'm also pretty hot on both Burton and Dewey. Yeah, no, I'm hot on Dean. See, so this is it. Like we always say, yeah. trust your gut, go with your instinct, and, and pick the players. More importantly, that you want to watch. Like it's a game. Who do you want to sit down and watch this year? For me, I've made no secret. It's the Cowboys. I think they're going. They're going places this year. Um, yeah, I agree with that point. You know, if you're keen on a team and you think they're going to go well, yeah. you're going to naturally side with that player for enjoyment purposes, aren't you? So I, I get it. Yeah, but if Schuster's pumping out 100 and Dean's getting 40s, and I'm probably going to be, you know, wishing I'd pick Sherry. So anyway, I do have Schuster at 2RF. That's what I'm saying. All right, let's round this one out with one last question from myself. It sounds a bit sad, but um, they're more notes. Than... All right, uh, Luke Thompson, 512K, or Tom Gilbert? who I think is around 495-ish. So six of one, half a dozen the other. Do you go Gilbert at the Dolphins knowing Stone's hovering around? Or do you go Luke Thompson, both dual position, front row forward, second row forward? Where would you go? Uh, Luke Thompson, definitely for me. Just He's done it before on Supercoach. Uh, he's shown that he has potential to score well. So, And I don't think Gilbert, yeah, although he's in a new, a new paddock, I don't think... Yeah, it's too risky. I'm happy to go with Thompson. Okay. Well, there you go. Case closed. Tommy has given what his... What about word. you? you going to answer your own question? No, mate. It's, <laughs> I'm asking questions. If I, if I knew the answer, I wouldn't have asked the question. Anyway, you can hear the uh, outro music rolling, rather. Massive episode to get us back on the horse tonight. So, look, great to be back. Apologies again for the little hiatus, but we are back. We may be a little bit sporadic this year in terms of days and times, but stick with us. Turn your notifications on, subscribe. Tommy, all of that. Enjoy your footy this week. You looking forward to it? Yep, huge week. Lots of uh, hot teams, teams that will be close to round one, and then draft chat next week as well. As well as that, follow us on Instagram at supercoach365 here on YouTube as well. Right across your podcasts, you can find us anywhere you get yours. Ryan and Tommy here. Enjoy your footy this week. There's plenty to look forward to.